Litcast Slovakia, the podcast about Slovak literature in English. Welcome to episode 3 of Litcast Slovakia. I'm Julia Sherwood, hunkered down in self-isolation in London. Today I'm talking to Magdalena Moek, a literature scholar and fellow literary translator with a PhD in Slavic languages and literatures from Indiana University. Hi there, Magdalena. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Julia. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very glad to be here. So you live a very interesting life, usually dividing your time between Orlando, Florida, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico and Poprad, Slovakia. This pandemic must have messed up your everyday life and plans. Where are you right now and how are you and your family coping in these unsettled times? Well, we are right now in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Uh, we've been here for about two months and at the moment no plans on leaving, which wasn't exactly the plan to begin with. Normally we come for about a month. We should have already been heading back to Orlando and in a couple of days we were going to head to Slovakia. But with all of the border closings and global travel restrictions, quarantines and everything else, that's just completely up in the air for us. I'm not sure that we'll make it to Slovakia. So we're here on lockdown, uh, probably very similar to what everyone else is experiencing. And I have to say the hardest part of it for me is just not being able to walk on the beach. Uh, they've closed down the beaches here. And so I feel like I'm just not getting enough exercise. That must be really terrible to actually see the beach from your window and not being able to walk there. But uh... Indeed, it's, it's like looking at this temptation and <laughs> not being able to go. Anyway, uh, you were born in Slovakia. You moved to the US at a young age. And in recent years, you've been spending several months a year in Slovakia. Uh, but before that, how did you keep up with your Slovak and what made you decide to embark on a career in Slavic languages and literatures and to translate Slovak literature? So you're right. I, I left Slovakia. In fact, that was in 94. I was just starting high school and, and I spoke hardly any English at the time. So I came to the United States. I started to learn English. And, and as you say, how did I keep up my Slovak? In fact, I started to lose a little bit of my Slovak. I started to forget vocabulary as English was pushing its way in. But thankfully, that was right around the time that information technology started taking off. And I ended up talking to my best friend via Skype weekly or more. And I then I was able to recover my language. And then, uh, you know, the path to doing translation in Slavic literature was a little more circuitous than that because I always loved literature. I was an avid reader, but I started with a career in computer science, did a little bit in that. I ended up getting a management degree, did a little bit of that. And then my mother passed away quite unexpectedly. And, and that was this turning point in my life where I realized life's too short. I really need to go do what I love. And so I still wanted to read literature. I wanted to translate. Uh, at the time, though, there were not that many translation programs. Uh, now, this is a fairly available thing. But I thought, well, what can I do? So I thought, good thing, go study the literature. I was in the US. There were no programs that had Slovak literature. I mean, there are practically very few around the entire world. And I thought, well, what can I do? So I thought, well, okay, next best thing, Russian literature. So I studied Russian literature, I, I, and I ended up at Indiana University. 
And there I met Bill Johnston, who's a well-known translator from the Polish, and he was teaching workshops in literary translation, and that ended up being my in. I ended up taking those workshops. He encouraged all of us to try to publish our translation, go to the American Literary Translators Conference. And at the first conference I went to, I ended up doing a reading from one of my translations, and a literary magazine ended up being interested. And uh, that was really the beginning for me. I published that first translation and I was hooked. I just wanted to keep going. So I ended up completing the degree, sort of co-opted it a little bit into Slovak literature, ended up finishing my dissertation on that. And I've been translating ever since. And uh, I believe that uh, that reading uh, was the one when we actually met at the uh, American Literary Association's uh, conference, Alta, in Philadelphia. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. and Yeah, and... that was in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. The two of us met there. I think we met Charles Sabatos as well. I thought that was an incredible year. Three translators from the Slovak all in one place. I know. I know. When I went there, I was sure I would be the only one. And suddenly there were three of us. Uh, amazing. And in fact, I'll be talking to Charles uh, in this next podcast and uh, at that uh, the reading that you gave uh, was uh, from Paolo Rankov's novel Stalosa Prebeho Septembra albo Inokedi that's right it happened on the 1st of September or some other date and that actually ended up being the topic of your PhD so what attracted you to this particular book and what aspects of the novel and of literary translation did you explore in your PhD so I first read the book not long after it was published. Its publication date is 2008. It wins the European Union Prize for Literature in 2009. And somewhere around there, I read the book. And it just caught my attention because it read like a bestseller. It has good pacing. It has an interesting story. You just want to turn to the next page. But at the same time, as someone who's interested in literature and studying it, I saw a lot more in that book. It has all kinds of literary devices, all kinds of play with genre, play with narrative. And those are some of the issues I end up discussing in my dissertation. So to give you a sense of it, Pablo Ranco, he subtitles the novel, a historical novel from 1938 to 1968. But really that's this beginning salvo that he sends. He's intentionally misleading the reader because it's anything but a factual historical novel. Let me see if I can find the epigraph. Yeah, here it is. So he says, all of the characters in the novel that happened on the 1st of September or some other time are fictitious. First they lived during the times and then the locations described in the novel, and then the author invented them. Everything is invented, nothing ever was, no one ever lived. There never has been a 1st of September. And it goes from there. Uh, he is constantly playing and tugging with this idea of what is history, how history is written, what is being told. There he creates narratives, uh, backstories, I would say, for some of the very famous figures of the time. He has Regent Horty coming to visit Slovakia and he arrives on mythical Tural birds. He is carried down from the sky. Uh, there's an episode in which Clement Gottwald, the president, who used to be a carpenter in some other life, he is there making caskets for his friends whom he then has executed. And so you have all kinds of these little stories that are being invented for some of the very controversial figures of the time and for the events. And so Ranko is really creating a new narrative of history and making us think about what is it that makes it into history. Mm, and uh, all 
all that historical fact uh, in the book and also the fact that the characters speak a mixture of languages must have been quite challenging to translate. So if you could say a little bit about uh, what you found were the main challenges in translating the book and also is your translation going to be published when and where? Uh, indeed it will. In fact, I was just last night I was speaking with uh, George Fowler the uh, director of Slavica Publishers, uh, and Slavica is who will be publishing the book in their three-strength book imprint. And so the timeline is that they will have it ready to present at the November conference, uh, the ACES conference, Association for Slavic East European and Eurasian Studies. But it's already Yay, next. Yeah, it's next on the list for editing, and we're going to be working on the cover and everything. So it is definitely in process. And who knows, maybe it'll happen a little faster than that even. I would love that. Oh, brilliant. I really, really look forward to that. Okay, and so then to go back to, you asked me what were the challenges. Well, you already hit on that, the multiple languages. So one of the aspects of the novel is that Pavel Ranko creates this free-flowing mixture of Slovak, Czech, there's Hungarian in the book, German, Russian, Hebrew, and English. And these things are really key to the novel because they represent the time period where these languages would have coexisted. It's the idea of Czech and Slovak, which are very closely related, and at the time there were lots of people moving around and understood one another. Yeah, what to do with that? While a contemporary Slovak reader may not understand all of these languages, he would certainly understand some. So I spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out ways of how to present this to an English-speaking reader where we don't have two languages that close to one another, like Czech and Slovak. So some of the ways I ended up solving that I uh, would put clues about the language in the attribution. So, so, so X said in Czech, or, and I tried not to overuse that sort of thing. Sometimes when a word or a phrase could be understood from the context itself of the conversation, I simply left them in the foreign language. And sometimes I think certain phrases or words are not even meant to be understood by a contemporary Slovak reader. I don't think they would catch everything. And so I left them. Simply there was this confusion, this not understanding of the other that's happening. And I think that's part of the novel as well. So uh, throughout, I really try to balance between readability, not frustrating the reader, but at the same time, retaining that beautiful linguistic texture that that novel has. Yeah, I think that's uh, the kind of balance we always try to strike when we translate from a context that's really very, very little known. And it's really great that uh, Three Strings Press are going to publish it. They published uh, Into the Spotlight, the anthology of contemporary Slovak fiction that uh, you invited me to collaborate on. Can you say a little bit about how the idea came about to put together this anthology and how you managed to find this publisher and funding and then how you went about choosing the authors and texts that are featured in the anthology? Uh, sure, yeah. So it was uh, late summer of 2015. Uh, every summer when I'm in Slovakia, I go and make my pilgrimage to the Literary Information Center and I meet with the director. And that particular summer, I met with Mirka Valova. And she just threw out this idea. She said, you know, you should put together an anthology of Slovak literature. And I said, well, that's great. And she said, yeah, go and put that together and, and find a publisher. And I thought, whoa, what a tall order that is. And then on my way home, I, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, I do know a publisher. I mean, 
again, George Fowler, whom I just mentioned from Slavica Publishers, I was at the time working on my PhD at Indiana University. I knew George, he's one of the professors and Slavica's headquarters were right there. So I thought, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. So I sent him an email, proposed the project to him and, and he wrote me within two hours and he loved it. And that was it. I wrote the director back. She wrote me this euphoric message like, wow, we have an American publisher. And, and the project took off from there. Uh, I think that was the fastest the Lit Center has ever seen a book go from this idea they throw out to an actual thing with a publisher. And then, of course, the real work began. I decided that I did not want to be the singular voice to represent a good number of authors. For one, I didn't want them all sounding the same, and I really wanted input from someone else, which is when I invited you. And, and the two of us is, is, have spent hours and months and huge stretches of time talking to people. I remember talking to booksellers, to professors, to literary critics, kind of seeking input on who they would put in such a thing. And I remember reading and reading and reading book after book, trying to make the selections. I think that was a huge amount of work there. We got funding from the Literary Center under their Slowly a Grant program, which has always been wonderful at supporting Slovak literature. And I, I have to say, you know, speaking of working together on this, one of my favorite parts of this project was when we got together for the final editing. You came over to Poprad and spent about a week with us, and every day we sat downstairs in a cafe for hours, going over each other's translations, giving each other feedback, coming up with solutions to like particularly hairy passages. And I have to say it was grueling, but I think that was the best part of it because it made the translations just so much stronger. It really was so enjoyable. And also, of course, the hiking that we did in between. Yes, of course, uh, that, that was great. And, and I think a lot of exchanges of ideas happen on those hikes. <laughs> That's true, yes. So among the authors you translated for the anthology are some who you have championed for a long time. For example, Lukasz Luk, who is not that well known in uh, the English-speaking world. So can you tell us what makes him special for you? Yes. Uh, so Lukasz Luk, I think he's not that well known in the Slovak world either. And part of this may have to do with the fact that he that's um, a pseudonym for a writer and no one really knows he is. So I guess he has some mystique as well. Uh, but to me, he has a very special voice as a writer. He's lighthearted, he's funny, uh, he crafts beautiful sentences. But in all of that, he's able to shine a light onto some of the uglier sides of Slovak society, on provincialism, on xenophobia. But that's not his focus. He's also writing and he celebrates the beauty of Slovak nature, of history, of culture. And he's able to create vivid images of whatever scene he's describing, down to the sense, the sound. So I, whenever I read his work, I feel like I'm really there. So I would love to find a publisher for one of his books in English. Sounds like this would be really enjoyable for readers as well. And uh, what other Slovak authors do you like and would like to translate more of? Well, I have to say among my favorite Slovak authors is the late Dušan Mitana. I think he was the master of taking just an ordinary situation and stretching it to its most absurd limit uh, and coming to a very unexpected conclusion. Of course, I love Pavel Ranko's writing. Uh, another one I really enjoy is Zuzana Tsiganova, who I find to be an amazing observer of the minutiae of human interactions. 
And of course, I also enjoy other writers, Marek Vadas, Michal Horecki, Bala, the late Pavel Vilikowski. And I have to say, I feel like I've been very lucky, or, or maybe you could say I've been very stubborn, uh, but I've really worked on translating the writers I enjoy. I've translated at least an excerpt or a short story for every one of the writers I've named, and I've done book-length projects with several of them. These are all contemporary writers or recent writers. Have you ever been tempted to translate uh, someone older, classics or 20th century Slovak literature? I've dabbled a little bit in the 20th century classics. Uh, if you look at the Daedalus Book of Slovak Literature, you'll find in there that I've done an excerpt from Dominik Tatarka's Wicker Chairs. Uh, there's also a short story by Rudolf Sloboda, a collection of material. But my heart really is in translating contemporary authors. I like to feel that I'm in conversation with the text, with the author, when that is possible. It, maybe it's a little selfish, too. I, I really enjoy getting to know the writers. It gets me an insight into who they are, which then helps me better understand what it is they're trying to say in their writing. And they tend to be neat people. So I think it's very important for the reader to connect with the writer and with somebody who's living and who's contemporary, that's much easier. It completes that reader-writer circle and you've hosted plenty of events in the UK and so you have that reader-translator-writer circle. And I love it when an audience gets excited about meeting the real living person behind the work. Uh, I know exactly what you mean and I feel the same. And so uh, what are you working on now? Uh, well, in fact, I'm finishing a collection of short stories by Dushan Mitana that will also be published mm. by Slavica. And I just got a grant from the Fund for the Support of the Arts of Slovakia to translate Zuzana Tsiganova's Špaky v Trni, which for now is called Cigarette Butts in the Brambles, though that title may change. And that's through a connection that you have, which is Seagull Books. And... Um, I will soon be starting on a collection of short stories by Pavel Ranko, but of course I have to say that there's this ongoing project that we have, the slovakliterature.com, where the two of us have teamed up to promote Slovak literature, and I think it's going well, but boy, has it been a lot of work. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> well, I think uh, we're coming to the end of our time, but... Uh, Good luck with your projects. I hope that these translations that you don't have a publisher for or have, that they won't get delayed too much by the pandemic. And I really do hope that you make it to Poprad this year. I would love to. And if you can make it that way, we can hike again together. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking to me and thank you to everyone for listening. Take good care of yourselves and stay healthy. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Be well.